Hello everyone, you're listening to the Baladance Live podcast. I'm your host Jana Komarnitska and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladance art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Have you ever considered adding a fitness element to your ballet dance classes? That's one of the typical reasons why students come to a dance class at first place, to improve their physicality. Imagine how much your teaching business can benefit if you know how to combine these two elements together, dance and fitness and how to emphasize it in your marketing strategy. And that's exactly what Orit teaches at her Sharky the Belly Dance Workout Instructors Academy. You live with razor-sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business project. The next Sharky Instructor Academy starts on April 3rd, so apply ASAP to secure your spot. More info at sharky.com teach. S-H-A-R-Q-U-I dot com slash teach. Sharky dot com slash teach. Direct link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers. Today we have quite a curious topic that I wanted to share with you. It's about my Vipassana experience. About a month ago, I did a 10-day course, uh, which is dedicated to meditation, I shared a little bit about it on Instagram. I shared a little bit more inside the Yana Dance Club the first week um, I came back. And I also recorded the whole episode with Pedro. uh, Because if you don't know, we have another show called Artist Date. And it's available in podcast format. But also you can watch video on uh, YouTube. And there I talked about Vipassana itself. Actually, we did two episodes. One I did just the day prior to going to Vipassana, talking about ideas, uh, thoughts, uh, uh, expectations. But the second one was one week after, talking about Vipassana itself and what, uh, what it is. So in our today's episode, I don't really have intention to talk about Vipassana itself and how it goes and logistically and what it is about and what's the purpose of it, uh, because that in depth I talked about in our episode with Pedro in the Artist Date podcast, not a Baladance Life podcast, but Artist Date. I will include link in the show notes so you can uh, listen to that in case you get interested about Vipassana itself. But during that 10-day experience, I had quite a lot of insights and uh, I would say lessons, not new lessons, but lessons that I often tell and share with members of the Young Ladies Club when we discuss their training journey, dance progress, and uh, how the uh, process of practice actually goes. But this time I had to remind those lessons to myself, because many of those things and processes I experienced myself during a Vipassana 10-day course. And I just thought like how interesting and fascinating is that analogy between meditation course, uh, which is both physical and emotional experience, Uh, with the process of dance training because dance training is also it's never just about physical experience it also has the component of emotional layer and that's why I decided to do it today in our episode I actually decided to slightly shift because I don't know if you noticed or not but every fourth episode is typically either best of or my solo episode on our podcast here and originally I was planning to do as planned best of even had a topic and start preparing it, but then I felt like uh, it's a good timing because uh, Vipassana for me it's still fresh experience, but it's already at least a few weeks after I finished it to still have it fresh in my mind and in my body to talk about uh, insights and things that I hope will be also helpful to you and would be a good reminders uh, to you. So that's what we have uh, for our today's episode.
This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free. Before I start talking about specifically lessons learned or those reminders that apply to both Vipassana experience and dance training experience, I probably should just briefly explain what Vipassana is. Uh, very, very briefly, for more information, you can go to the mentioned artist date episodes. I will include link in the show notes. So, what is Vipassana? Basically, it's a 10 days meditation course or when you are sort of isolated from the world. You are in the group of people, so you're not on your own, but you don't have access to the general world. You don't have access to your phone. You don't have access to any technologies, uh, uh, neither books or music or anything like that. Uh, all you do is basically focus on meditation. You also don't really have much interaction, although you are in a group, but you're asked to keep a so-called noble silence to focus really on you, so you don't talk really to other people, even to your uh, roommate during that um, period, of course. And every day you wake up around 4 a.m., go to sleep around 9, 9.30 p.m., and the whole day basically consists of 11 hours of meditation, which are split in different uh, uh, sections from one hour to two hours long each, and uh, you have, of course, uh, several breaks. Uh, You also have one hour lecture in the evening of each day, to guide you, Uh, so they give some guidance during meditation, but very briefly, and one-hour lecture talks about the process, the essence, the goals, and etc. It's kind of like leading you and guiding you and giving you much more information than during meditations, but meditation itself, it's very simple. It's basically you're just focusing on different sensations in your body, starting from breathing, so like the very classic, and then more focusing on what do you feel in your body, Uh, scanning it from top to bottom in different parts, but it's more about sensations. So there is no visualization, um, no talking through, and of course the idea is that you calm down your mind and you start trying not to focus on your thoughts, but really trying to focus on sensations. And Vipassana is both physical and emotional, or psychological experience. Uh, Physical from the point of view that you sit for 11 hours, and many of those sessions, um, they are complete stillness sessions, so you cannot really move, you cannot adjust, and of course your body is uh, not comfortable with it, it doesn't like it, and there are a lot of pain happening, different kinds of pain uh, in different parts of the body, it's partially physical, partially psychological, what is happening that you need to go through, but of course also there is emotional component of many ups and downs, many concerns, many like, things, uh, okay, one day cool, another day this is silly, why I'm doing it, of that stuff, also there is um, emotional and psychological component that of course thoughts come up, and memories come up, although you kind of your main focus to focus on sensations, but things happen, so you kind of process a lot of things like that uh, during during this experience. And altogether, there are many interesting things that you learn through physical experience, sitting, dealing with your body in stillness, that also transfers on day-to-day life. But from uh, my perspective and for the purpose of this um, episode, podcast episode, I want particularly to focus on experience, on, on lessons about experience itself, about the process of going through meditation and very extreme, let's say, um, set that you put yourself into in order to achieve different goals, and the reasons, again, why to do Vipassana, what it teaches you in general, all that I already mentioned a lot in depth in the artist date, so I don't really want to repeat much, and this podcast is 
not about that. So let's get to the lessons and reminders that every time I had to remind and tell it myself, every single time I kept remembering about uh, other dancer students, members of the Yana Dance Club, to whom I was saying it typically. But in this case, I had to do uh, the mentorship for myself and tell those things and remind my th those things to myself. So, the first thing that I would like to start is the reminder that it will take what it will take. There are certain things and certain learning experiences, especially if you're talking about physical or emotional experience, ecological experience, that they will not happen earlier than they need to happen specifically for you and they also will not happen later unless you're not doing the work but they need certain time and time is an important component that you need to include in your process in your training either meditation training or dance training that it does the work and you cannot speed it up for instance in meditations it was Obvious, you cannot force yourself like not to think or you cannot force yourself to feel certain sensations in your body which is kind of not the end goal goal of meditation but it's kind of like the thing that you are trying to reach to to that state um, but it it cannot happen sooner than it needs there are certain things and certain layers that you need to process in your body in your mind until you can get to that period and for some people it may happen in a few days for some people it may take a week for some people it may take full 10 days and for some people it will be not enough 10 days it will if they continue the practice happen later but it needs time as a very important component of learning process and just the same way it happens in dance training for instance if you're practicing shimmies or if you want to learn belly flutters Time is important component, not the time on itself, but time that you give yourself for practice. And what I mean is not the um, amount of hours you invested in your training, because that doesn't work. If you cramp all your training sessions in one day, let's say do decide to do, I'm going to do three hours of shimmy practice, of three hours of, I don't know, hair move practice. That will not actually serve your body any good. It will not really teach your body to do what you need to do. And it kind of will get pointless, if not to say you will only suffer after a certain period of time till the end of those three, four, whatever hours you decided. It does not work like that. You need to split your training, even if you decide to do every time three hours, whatever. But typically, for this kind of learning goals, it is much more beneficial to split them in the shorter sections, let's say 15 minutes of training on shimmies or belly flutters or maybe half an hour, but even 15 minutes, but do them continuously and daily and giving yourself the benefit of accumulative progress that happens with time. So by time, I do not mean specifically uh, number of hours. Is it 15 minute session or is it half an hour? Time is doing it daily on a consistent basis even if you don't see the progress but just doing the work and believing that time or time, practicing time obviously, it will do the job and for certain people, certain movements are easier than ours. For some, it's easier to relax uh, shimmies, uh, relax muscles to do loose uh, knee shimmy. And for some people, it may be very difficult, but it's easier for them to activate their belly muscles or something like that. And this is just two examples. I hope you understand that it spreads to practically all, all of our dance training, all aspects of our dance training. But for this person for whom it whoever has a super tensed she uh, muscles in her legs or hips it needs time to loosen them up and she or he will not learn a master shimmy sooner that her or his body needs or can capable of doing it it needs time to understand to release tension or maybe to activate not tension but engagement of muscle strengthen muscle and then produce uh, 
produce the result. It's the same like gym. If you go once or twice to the gym session, even if you spend the whole day in the gym, it doesn't mean that you did a 10-day workout in one day. It doesn't work like that. Your muscles need to learn. They also need time to rest, to repair themselves, and then you come for another session. Then the progress will happen and it will happen with time. So that was an interesting insight for me and reminder, which I knew it, but it kind of was interesting to also feel through it again, very, very on a level of beginner, because for me, I didn't have really any experience previous in meditation. Like I knew what it was, and of course I did like sometimes tried, but not that hardcore of like, okay, now we are actually going into full like... um, full range of uh, or depth of meditation. So for me it was also an interesting experience and I was impressed how obvious and not obvious sometimes because we want to speed up things, forgetting that time is an important component and it helps us if you do the work. Another, which brings me kind of from the first to another lesson, is how important it is to trust the process. Because very often on day-to-day basis when we... Um, train uh, daily or weekly, we don't really see much differences and it can get very disappointing. Like, oh, what's the point? Nothing shifts, nothing improves. I still can do shimmies or I still can't turn off my mind and focus on sensations during meditation. But how important it is to still keep going and trusting the process, trusting that even if you don't see changes, even if you don't feel changes, it doesn't mean that they're not happening. Uh, the one story that I love to tell inside the Yana Dance Club to remind members, and I think I don't know how many times already during the last few years mentioned it, but one story that I also had to remind myself during Vipassana is the story of stone broker. So the person whose job was to break these stones, the big stones. And the person hits once uh, with the axe uh, on the stone, nothing happens. Twice, nothing happens. Not even a little crack, not even a little scratch or deepening in the stone. Just nothing literally happens. Then he hits 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 50 times. Nothing happens. People around looking at him and thinking how how silly he is, laughing at him, why he keeps doing nothing. Like, this stone will not break. What's the point? And He's just doing some stupid job. But the guy keeps, the stone breaker keeps, keeps hitting the stone. So 50 times, 60 times, 70, 80, 90, 99, nothing happens. Then he hits on the 100 hit and the stone literally breaks into pieces. So the question is, is it really that magical number 100 hit that did the work? Is it really, was it like super strong one or super powerful or super uh, unnaturally, uh, I don't know, doing something strange to the stone? No, the answer was in all previous 99 hits that did the work inside the stone, even if it didn't see it, even if it didn't feel it, even if it seemed like it was pointless, but probably it was cracking the stone from inside, from very deep inside, very slowly, but the process was happening. And number 100 is just the last hit that had to showcase all the work that we did. There was Almost never in this world there is no such thing as an overnight success. There is that final event that happens that highlights something, that brings attention to it, uh, manifests something. But it's always about that unseen, hidden, or not hidden, but just not fancy work that was done previously to prepare that number 100 hit. So... In this case, there are two very important lessons to trust the process, even if you don't see the progress in your shimis, let's say, or mayas, or omis, or whichever movement you're trying to master, uh, combination, choreography. If you do the work, means the progress is happening. It just may not happen visually or obviously, or it may happen so small that it's not obvious, but it is happening and you just need to keep going. And another, so let's say, sub a lesson or sub reminder from the story is that sometimes we quit too soon. Sometimes we quit just one hit away from success or seen results or something like that because you never know. Maybe it's the next training session that will 
click something in you. Maybe it's the next meditation session that you will be able to feel something in your body, something different than the bunch of thoughts and, and pain in your body. Maybe it will break through. Or maybe it's the next competition that you will finally get to success. You never know. You just need to trust the process. If you do the work diligently, it will get you where you want to get. From this, with this said, another reminder is that progress is never linear. It doesn't work like that. One day you feel success or progress or improvement. Another week you may feel improvement. Another month you may feel improvement. And at some point you will feel like nothing changed. You kind of plateau. You're not improving. You're just stuck. Or even worse, some days you will feel like it got worse. That's normal. It's just the nature of learning and the nature of progress, especially if you are working with physical activities, with body, and if you are working with emotional, psychological stuff. That's just, it doesn't mean that you reversed and went back and it became worse. It's just another curve. I like to think about learning process as also a, um, not a linear thing, but a sort of curling thing that is a spiral i would say so it kind of the spiral overall it goes upwards so the progress is going upwards it's evolving but because of its spiral nature it sometimes goes sort of down but that doesn't mean that you went backwards it just means you're going towards the next spiral the next breakthrough the next level but sometimes it happens that you feel that as if things got worse is just remind yourself in those moments that the process progress is not linear you need to keep going you need to start to trust the process and you need to give yourself time whatever you specifically need for this specific goal or for this specific learning progress you also need to recognize uh, resistance in yourself because we all have it with uh, new teachers, with new learning experiences. We very typically first fall in love, like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I'm in love with it. This is great. To then start doubting and uh, questioning. And it happens with teachers. All new students will go through the phase like, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't know enough or let me test here and there. They're just normal. As well as with learning experiences, sometimes you will have like, ah, it doesn't work for me, maybe I'm not into that really much. For me, during Vipassana, I had twice during those 10 days a very, very, very big desire to just stop everything, get my stuff and get out of there. This was, uh, I thought, silly, useless, pointless, why I'm doing this, uh, uh, there is absolutely no sense in it, etc., etc., et And then, gladly, I had understanding of the process, learning process, and especially that was a little bit from my um, experience or um, my training preparing for teaching activities, knowing and understanding that every student will at some point question the teacher, and at that point he or she will either leave or afterwards going beyond that resistance, uh, stay with the teacher, trust in the teacher. But that also applies not only to student-teacher relationship, that applies to the relationship between student to the learning experience or learning process itself. So if you're starting something new that you haven't done, you will sometimes will have resistance and it may uh, manifest in uh, uh, literally like basic like laziness, not wanting to come, or sometimes more global questioning, am I really in love with dance, or is it really working for me, or this technique, or dance in general, or this particular teacher. But you need to uh, recognize in yourself and acknowledge that sometimes it will be not really doubts or questions, it will be just manifestation of uh, very human, very natural resistance to something new. And when you're learning, you're always on the path of changes, changing your body, changing your understanding, changing your knowledge about movement. So that's always by definition a change. And change sometimes is not really welcomed or um, our body or mind somewhere on the uh, subconscious level not always happy for changes it wants to keep us in a safe uh, usual familiar places so that will sometimes manifest in different resistances and you just need to be aware 
remember that they may happen and don't rush into you know impulsive decisions to maybe quit dancing or quit this class and go to another teacher or this technique doesn't work or anything like that just be aware and give time and still observe because maybe it's a real doubts on whatever question uh, or subject it may be but maybe it's just this little resistance of uh, this doesn't work for me something like that it is also very important if you're working with a teacher or program, specific program, to trust the teacher. And by teacher, I will right now put not only the person, um, human person uh, itself, but also a teacher as a process. Like if you're following some program or some technique or whatever it is, like in my case was meditation, with both there was a teacher who was guiding and the technique of vipassana meditation itself the same applies to dance uh, dance world we have teachers and we have sometimes programs or courses uh, which also will by definition apply teacher but i think you know there is they're very connected but there is also certain separation and it is really crucial to uh, trust the teacher uh, and trust the progress because teacher will see things that you don't see teacher will know things that you don't know teacher knows the overall process or from point a to point b with all the uh, a b c d a f's in between whatever it is uh, he will know the general picture path um, direction and uh, possible problems or possible progresses uh, sometimes knowing that you need to go through certain experiences before he can really explain what it is because if we understand it doesn't mean that we can do it or embody this experience and sometimes we first need to feel whatever it is through and then get explanation so that we can actually fully understand because if we only hear about it we kind of may build certain expectations and that only harms so my point is that teacher generally will be um, very important guidance and he will see the whole picture while you are inside this picture on the path trying to figure out things. That's why it's so important to trust your teacher. That doesn't mean that whoever you come and whoever calls uh, yourself a teacher is uh, trustworthy. Of course, there has to be critical thinking. Of course, it has to be um involved reasonable mind and uh, conscious and you are responsible for yourself uh, regardless what it is so you need to be aware of yourself what you do to your body even despite someone else tells you that but with that said my point is that if you're in the situation that you do not trust your teacher you simply need to switch the teacher you simply need to find someone else whom you will trust because Trying to do the work under the direction of a teacher whom you do not trust is counterproductive. Yes, you may question things, you may inquire about things, you may even have certain doubts, but overall you do need to find a teacher whom you will trust and not trust blindly like whatever he or she says, but you will trust that they probably will guide you and maybe you don't see something with that. And it is really, really important because if you are just always questioning, always doubting, not following, in this case, full instructions of the teacher, because how can you really fully follow what you're told to do if you don't trust the person who told you to do this or that, that just becomes counterproductive and you're not only um, standing on one spot without any improvements or progress, you may even go backwards because you may unconsciously even, not unconsciously, but start doing some adjustments in the movements of physical activity or physical training or emotional training, to, with that said too, that uh, may actually put you and set you back and be possibly even harmful. That's why it is really important to find I'm not saying trust immediately whoever you are calling a teacher, whoever calls, whoever you meet that person calls themselves a teacher, but find, be on a search and find someone whom you, who you trust and don't settle unless you are really trusting that teacher and their expertise. And once you found that teacher, 
do follow their instructions do follow what they say to do if they say you need to practice this way you need to practice this way at least to give it a try to really fully practice and invest yourself into this way of practice if that's the suggestion of teacher if they say you need to, to do this frequency of training for this kind of progress you need to go and, and make sure you're doing it you cannot expect promised results because many teachers will say like oh i can help with this i can help with that so you cannot expect results that the teacher told you he can or she can help you to get if you are not doing your part of the deal if you are not doing the work teacher is not responsible for your progress they can help they can guide but you are the one responsible you need to come and do the work and it's not just about simply showing up let's say on time or in this frequency when you're doing the work you need to do with full investments of yourself so for instance, in meditation, I'll just give one example. It was very easy to be honest to cheat if you wanted. Because the idea is that, okay, you focus on your sensations in your body and you are trying to calm down your mind. But it's 10 days of silence, 10 days of being on your own. This is a luxury that in day-to-day -day life, for many of us, we don't have so much time and luxury just to stay on our own and not worry about work, not worrying about housekeeping stuff or what to do or what to do, but just focus on feeling what's inside or seeing which kind of thoughts and memories will come up. So it's very easy to start indulging yourself instead of focusing on meditation, just focus and uh, and follow the daydreaming path of like this thought after this thought or dreams or memories etc and uh, there is a certain level of satisfaction uh, sometimes to go through thoughts uh, uh, going some past scenarios future scenarios imaginary scenarios and the time flows actually may way faster than if you're just following focusing on meditation not always but very often so it is very easier to cheat because nobody will notice how they will know am i thinking or am i focusing on meditation and feeling nobody but that's not the point because nobody is there is no one there to check and that's not their job basically you're free to do whatever you want to do there you can be sitting enjoying stillness after the pain you you learned how to deal with pain and just to go on your daydreaming flow no worries but where it would lead you if you came to a meditation course might as well focus on meditation so you can get some benefits <laughs> it's the same as dance training dance class if you especially if you're practicing on your own great you carved some time you showed up for yourself at home but if you know you're slacking on shimis while you're doing shimi practice how can you expect real progress in your shimis if you're not doing your, if you know you're not doing full workout or you're not running the choreography full force, full energy right prior to your performance date, how can you expect on that on the stage you will show your best? Okay, you can be marking while you're creating choreography, let's say you're just marking the movements, or you need to repeat the movements, but to make sure you perform them nicely, you need to practice, you need to not necessarily sweat, but you need to give all your energy to craft to polish it and you do need to do the work otherwise there will be no result or there will be no expected or hope hopeful result that you are looking forward to see on your videos after performance so it is important to do the work both follow instructions and suggestions from the teacher because you chose that teacher I told you it's important to trust and you did the choice of going with that teacher and if she or he gives some suggestions actually follow those suggestions or at least afterwards don't blame your teacher for oh they're not expert enough but knowing tips inside it actually wasn't you or even worse being blind and not even trying to acknowledge that it was actually your uh, fault because you didn't follow your part of the deal between dancer student and teacher and of course when you show up regardless under guidance of teacher or on your own actually do the work do not slack one more thing that i kept uh, not kept actually at certain point i arrived to that ah that's what i need to remind myself was 
the idea of releasing expectations and particularly for me it was expectation that in those 10 days the miracle happened and I will feel uh, blessed and, and, and uh, relieved and uh, all those amazing uh, sensations that or, or feel all the benefits of meditation. And uh, that very often happens also with our dance training. We go to a festival, participate in competition. We have these expectations. That's the one. After this uh, festival, I'll become a world-known star. Or we enroll in like uh, some challenge or course of one, two, three weeks duration. And we feel like, oh, after three weeks, my belly rolls will be perfect. But we forget that first focus has to be on the process not results and in my case of coming back to meditation uh, course i had uh, um, for two days somewhere in the middle i think it was around day seven and eight that i really didn't feel any shifts or any progress or anything really happening in my body it kind of was still uh, on the plateau not moving forward not back it kind of felt very pointless uh, it kind of felt boring, to be honest, at a certain point. Yeah, you go through all sorts of emotions, <laughs> all range of emotions during those 10 days of Vipassana. So one of the emotions was being really, really bored. I couldn't already think about, oh, again, meditation, etc., etc. So I remember it was one of the moments that I really wanted to go away, to quit it, and like, okay, enough, one week, it was an interesting experiment don't see the point for myself, or I took everything I could already from this experience. I also recognized it was part of resistance inside me, but the important thing what happened, important switch that has, uh, happened, is was shift in my mind. I released expectation that every, anything interesting and miraculous will happen in these 10 days. I focused instead of that on just the tools. I started approaching it, okay, here, I am not on the experience, complete experience. I'm on the experience of learning tools, learning techniques and tools that if I want, I can apply later in my life, keep practicing and seeing where it will lead me. But I really shifted on day eight. I shifted my focus from end result. or oh, I want to feel it or whatever, like... I didn't really even had full understanding of what it's supposed to be like an end goal because it's very difficult to put together end goal for your meditation course, let's say. But I still shifted a lot from sort of the imaginary end result of it to right now in here, I'm just focusing on tools and I don't expect anything else in this last term. Um, Two days of the course maybe they will just go just the same way but i'll try to focus on tools i'll try to do the work i'll follow uh, directions of the teacher and i'll just see what happens and afterwards if i feel like i can continue i will know the tools the techniques that i can use in the future and guess what day nine it was absolutely unbelievable the that was the breakthrough of understanding what's the point and the purpose of meditation or one of the purposes of meditation and what are people talking about and they feel, say that, oh, I feel so blessed during meditation. It was unbelievable. It was so mind-blowing that, oh, that's what it was all about. Oh, that's how I can feel. And it was all about sensations, not even thoughts. It was all sensations, which is very difficult to describe. But I was so happy that first I sticked, I stayed, that I didn't go home the day before, just one day before. And second, that I shifted my focus from craving so much to feel something, not knowing even what, to simply focus on tools. And how important it is, the shift in our dance training, when we are so clinching that I want to have my shimmies, I want to have my omis, I want to have my battle flutters, and we see like in a sometimes very particular and specific way, I want this happen this way. We are actually pushing this end result further from us. If we dive into the process, it will come faster. The same happens at the dance events. Like we go sometimes to a festival and we think that this three, four day event 
uh, will uh, uh, transform us into professional dancers. No, at dance event, whatever is course or festival, whatever it is, you are learning tools. For some, it may give really big break breakthroughs, but only if you did enough of work before, because there are no overnight successes. So if you were ready, it may push you. It may uh, help you to finally see belly flutters on your body. Yeah, if you trained your belly muscles before and if you accumulated uh, a lot of work and if it's enough time specifically for you because time is a very important component, yeah, it will shift a lot. But for some, it may not really do anything and that's totally fine because when you go to event or if you go to course, the point is first of all to take maximum out of it and the most maximum you can take out, the most beneficial things you can take out is knowledge, tools, techniques and understanding. Understanding both intellectual and physical understanding of what it's supposed to be and which direction you need to go and how you can go there. And then you continue and you give yourself enough time, what you need, it will not happen sooner nor later, from according to your needs and your commitment to work and also your, uh, your situation specifically. But also you are shifting on the work itself rather than focusing and wasting your energy on uh, craving or getting pissed that the certain results didn't get on time. It's not the job of event or festival course to transform you from, uh, I don't know, let's say amateur dancer to professional dancer. That The goal of the event and the responsibility of event or course is give you tools and then it's your responsibility what you will do with those tools. You also need to treat every moment of your journey as a part of journey because there will be ups and downs. There will be unpleasant things. There will be moments that you will feel stuck or you will feel like you are getting worse. We already talked about the spiral um, nature of learning process and also sometimes hidden resistance that will manifest in different ways. But you need to treat even failures Either failures in getting quick results in your training or failures maybe at competitions or performances just as a part of your journey. And Vipassana was very interesting in this sense. It's much bigger, um, bigger concept, but the idea why we keep sitting still, even if you feel excruciating pain in your body, which is partially physical, okay, your body is not used to uh, certain positions and been still for such a long time, but also psychological because you're told you cannot move and oh psychological component changes a lot of that so you are not harming yourself in this experience just want to clarify there is no harm in what vipassana from physical point of view uh, does to your body uh, but it's a very unpleasant things to feel any kind of pain in your body so you want to resist you want to switch it you want to stretch change position but you can't because that's the idea. And the idea why you're doing is that you're training yourself on physical level to learn how to accept both unpleasant and pleasant sensations equally. So if you feel pain, you still, you just acknowledge, okay, there is pain there, but you are not focusing on it. You're not suffering or struggling. Oh my God, poor me. Or, oh my God, how long I need to... You need to learn how to just acknowledge pain, but maybe focus on sensations in your shoulder, I don't know, on your breath uh, sensations or something like that, that acknowledging that, oh, but there is a pleasant sensations in my body too. Of course, that doesn't apply to the points of like injuring yourself. Like I, That's really not the point that I want to transfer into dance field. If you feel pain during dance movements, you do need to be mindful and see what's going on there. That's not a point. But transferring it to emotional aspect of dance training, that's really like gold. Because even if you're failing with one movement, maybe you have a goal of learning shimmies and you feel like you're really, really failing in it. Well, I think you should also shift and acknowledge maybe there are some successes. And I'm sure there are some successes. Maybe your belly flutters are great. And I keep for now these two examples... Uh, uh, repeating over and over, but I think they are very 
demonstrate they can demonstrate a lot and they will be relatable to many dancers so yeah maybe your shimmies or your technique in general maybe not good but maybe you're great at memorizing weekly choreographies or maybe it's opposite you're bad at memorizing choreographies but maybe your turns are great or something else or arms or you have a nice presence or you know how to do a great dance makeup or whatever it is and maybe some of you now listen to me and thought oh i can't do anything like that still there is something that will bring you pleasure that you know how to do that other people will maybe compliment you even or even without other people you just know oh that's great or that got improved that's very often one thing doesn't improve or we think it doesn't improve but other things improve and how important it is to acknowledge both experiences and not suffer much about the bad one just keep working on it it will get there too but also experience uh, good moments in uh, acknowledging that they may happen at the same time. The same happens with performances or special competitions. Oh, you failed at competition and it feels like end of the world. No, it's not end of your world or your dance path or your dance journey. It's just one step, one thing. You just need to keep going, learn from this lesson, move on, improve, and next one will be better. You still may fail, but it will be better because it will be one step closer to finally figure out how to stop failing, at least in your own eyes, or at least your understanding of failing. So, pleasant or unpleasant moments, easy moments or difficult moments in the learning process, they are just moments in your learning process and they will pass if you give time, if you give enough work and after almost every time, after some nice pleasant highlights, there will be some down parts and then down moments after they will follow afterwards with good moments it's all part of the journey it's never a final like decision making a thing if you can't uh, finally relax your knees and do lose the knee egyptian shimmy okay it's just one element of the entire picture and to close up my today's uh monologue <laughs> or sharing thoughts about comparing vipassana experience with dance training experience the final reminder is how important it is actually to focus on yourself and stop comparing yourself with others and uh, that was one of the main reasons during vipassana why there was two two rules regarding that first you don't communicate with other people during the course and it's not just for you know some fancy um, silent uh, environment uh, or anything like that it's much of it because if you start communicating with others they may share some of their experiences or oh, i felt this or i felt that in the next meditation session you will start expecting oh but why i don't feel this or when i will feel this and this is not about that it's your individual journey either in meditation path or in dance path you take time what you need for your body you feel this movement the way you feel this movement you interpret this music the way you interpret this music yes we exchange knowledge we learn from teachers we copy teachers at certain point for learning a purpose too but everyone's dance is individual dance there is no point in being a copy of some other dancer or your teacher what's the point we already have the dancer she already adds her shine to our belly dance scene be you, add your own shine. That applies to performances and having individuality in performances, but it also applies to technique training and to development of your dance career. We often feel bad or ashamed if someone learned uh, this choreography or I don't know how to do shimmy in the two weeks and you're already working in two months and it still doesn't get to you. It doesn't matter. Again, you will. Take whatever you need to take in terms of time. Your body will need a certain number of time. It doesn't matter what other people need. Or some dancers may think, oh, but she, like, in three years built such an amazing career and I'm still not there. Doesn't matter. You are taking your path. It does not matter. So, in terms of communication, of course, in the dance world, we communicate with each other, but you need to acknowledge and understand what people experience is what people experience. Other people, you may need or different path or different time or different experience 
And uh, second one I just forgot to mention because I said there's two, two rules during Vipassana. So first, you don't talk to each other. Second, during meditation, you keep your eyes closed. And it's also about not distracting your mind with anything else. But it's also, you notice how tempting it is sometimes to open your eyes and see like, is it only me struggling with pain and, and, and thinking like, oh my God, how long is till the end of this meditation? Or is it someone else? And then you look at everyone and everyone sits still with eyes closed, and you think, oh my god, I'm the only one in pain. Well, in reality, probably almost everyone will experience their own things, not necessarily like all in pain, but they will have their own discomfort and comfort zones. And it's truly not about them. It's not about them judging you or looking at you. It's not about comparing yourself to others or what others experience in this moment. It's not about that. It's about you. And the same is very important to remember in our dance journey. Yes, we are all in this uh, big ocean sharing the joy and sharing the general journey of exploring balance. Yes, we are all together here. But each of us has our own individual path. Talking about career or talking about learning some technique or learning choreography, it doesn't matter. We are all together, but we are all on our own in the best sense of this world. Trust yourself, believe in yourself, find your own path, find your own interests, explorations, creativity outputs, whatever it is, but value your individuality, not only on stage in terms of how you interpret the music, but your individuality in your learning process. Recognize your needs, recognize your advantages, weak and strong points, and just take care of yourself, both in terms of rest, in terms of physical load, sometimes we do need to push ourselves, in terms of giving ourselves enough time, enough love, enough strictness, on both ranges of all of these spectrums, all these elements that include and compose together our dance training, be aware that, yes, we are all together, we are part of the big community and we share one very important thing, but we also need to acknowledge our own individual needs, our own individual path and our own individuality. That's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and before you leave, don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. The more people get inspired, the better it is for our dance community. Until next time, keep shimming and see you soon.